tripping with the Nelsons, yeah. I don't think that's the chord. Let's try it again. with the Nelsons, yeah. Tripping with the Nelsons, yeah. Somebody's got to try. We're just like giving up on guitar playing. I just look at my phone. I just go to these beautiful places and look at social media. I write in my journal. I read a lot. I am a little homesick, I have to admit. It might be because my guts have been fired up for the last like nine days or something. So whenever that happens, I get a little like missing. But I miss my friends and my family and our amazing lives. We love you guys. Thanks for watching our podcast. Yes. But I wouldn't trade, you know, I'm so stoked to be out here and I don't mean like I need to go home. I just mean part of being away. It's it's beautiful to miss home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of these people who live here, where we're coming from, Lago Atiklan, I don't think they miss home. I think they love it here more. And that's why they make homes here and live uh, here. Oh, yeah, and the expats and stuff. We got some traveling hippies in San Marcos, La Laguna. The style kind of confusing because it's like a real hippie vibe you know they're doing like light healing and abdominal massage mind abdominal massage and taking the cacao and doing the yoga and dancing with fire and to that I associate peace and love values but then you see these people dressed up in these like burning man outfits you know half a shaved head and like a robe with just like a bra on or you know everyone has leopard skin pants and they're like haggling so hard so rudely with the Guatemalans for like a ride in their tuk-tuk or whatever or in their boat or like and they'll just throw the stuff down and be like I don't even want it anymore and it's just like shocking to Jamie and I yeah and you know what it reminds me of they all have the same style and attitude as Russell Brandt in Get Him to the Greek. That's a perfect example. They all are like celebrities in their own minds. They're dressed like that and they're rude. Yeah. But I'm sure they're not always rude. We're and like I'm sure that that's not everyone. This is like, <laughs> this is our three day or four, two times going into the town. But what we do notice, which is apparent, is that the Guatemalans we're dealing with in business are tired and like, don't even have time to deal with us unless we're spending some money. They don't have a hello. And that's not true of all of them either. We just noticed like, kind of like an attitude. And then we saw that, we're like, oh, no wonder. Cause Jamie and I are walking around like, hey, when is Tarthus? You know, like the two happiest go lucky. The Nelsons have arrived. And um, anyway, it's just a really interesting just juxtaposition and a way it was explained is that there's so much more available now in Guatemala like we're getting probiotics kimchi they got like a whole like they have every you don't go without really food wise mm -hmm. and I mean these buildings are built like palaces and mansions everywhere every style you can think of from like a Greek palace of stone to like a wooden cabin these beautiful stained glass windows so it used to be travelers to Atiklan or Guatemala in general came here to observe the culture. And now it seems like they've come here to kind of escape um, society. 
the society they know. That's what um, one of the owners of the camp were staying at. They said they also saw a big change in the iOverlanders, probably since the internet came out, because now it's really easy. Or the Overlanders, the people driving their cars in, because holy cow, maybe Jamie should talk about what that's like, driving your car into Guatemala. Oh, it's hectic, yeah. We did go to Chiapas, too, but we can talk about that some other time. Well, we could backtrack to Chiapas. Yeah, when we left Chiapas to get into Guatemala, the border crossing was a wild. It was a little tricky trying to find the offices where we had to um, get rid of our... There's a thing called a TIP, a temporary import permit in Mexico that you have to have for your car you get when you come in if you're staying for over a week or something, if you're going to mainland Mexico. Either way, you have to cancel it officially when you leave the country or it's big trouble. Um, so we had to find that office and then go through all the immigration and all that kind of stuff again from leaving Mexico. And this is three or four kilometers short of the actual border. So we kind of missed it, even though we were looking for it there. Had to come back. Then we go up to the border and I have this blog thing I had been looking at that made it all seem really easy so it said when you get to the border the road wise go through the left that looks more hectic and it's like this tarp tunnel very unofficial <laughs> we squeeze into there and it's like a market that's kind of like a Tijuana market or something just completely crowded with people selling stuff behind their doors and behind their tarps as well as on the street just wild and somewhere in there, as you keep going, eventually you start seeing people and you're like, okay, we are at the border crossing. And then we did all that stuff. Yeah, it's like Venice Beach on steroids. Yeah, Just you can buy- Anything. Shoes and umbrellas and Mexican blankets and- It must the be- Cell phone cases. You it, can really get a lot of cell phone cases in is Mexico. Is it a trade thing? Like why does Guatemala have everything and Mexico has like half? half of what's available like probably because they make it there in guatemala in mexico oh so they're shipping it all out yeah maybe i don't know it's so confusing like you get over the border and you're in like rich man's land which seems ironic i mean as it's not rich man's land but it's like full of shit like everything you ever wanted maybe because so many expats live in this town now, this is the only place we've been in guatemala but on i'm this just trip. talking about like the stores we drove by of the things they were selling mm. every single booth of anything you ever needed you know and their toyota trucks so fire the toyota scene in guatemala is amazing it's teenage my fantasy world it's still amazing but they have and they take nice care of their trucks and they have nine out of ten cars is a toyota pickup truck yeah from like mid 80s to mid 90s and they're just beautiful yeah they're chromed out they're like shiny there's a car wash on every corner it's so funny because we're like oh my goodness we really need a car wash but we're also chasing the sun you know so we didn't get one yet but we're really hoping this tradition of a car wash on every corner yeah. Uh, continuing when we go south because we're planning time to get our truck washed. We passed a million opportunities on our drive from the border to here, but we're always kind of on a time crunch. Tomorrow, we're going to have plenty of time. Yeah. But on the way here, I saw a million places, um, stores that sell oil and coolant and that kind of stuff. And they, if you buy your oil there, they give you a free oil change. And then there's also 
businesses where they wash your car and change your oil. Yeah, so we're really hoping so, for that. Tomorrow, I'm hoping for a car wash slash oil change that's right next door to some street food. Yeah, that sounds good. And you know, the Guatemalans are still rocking the cool grill where they got all their teeth lined in gold. I love it so much. I have always wanted that because you know, if you know me well, you know my first friend teeth cracked out of like almost nine years ago now and I was like I'm going Guatemalan style but I didn't have like I haven't had the bravery to really rock the gold teeth and I just they just give you this big bling and smile and it reminds me of their Toyota trucks all chromed out and basically all their colorful outfits and um, yeah Guatemala it feels it just feels like really cool to be here mm -hmm. but did you tell them about the brakes so after getting across the border, then we're, it's just like one lane road, occasionally dirt, but usually paved pretty nicely actually, but a narrow one lane road through like gnarly deep canyon, like a gorge for three hours probably. Kind of still climbing. We've been in the mountains for a while. And then we start going downhill. It turns into a four lane freeway and it's steeper than almost any downhill road I've driven in America as a freeway. Like it's quest to grade, maybe steeper than quest to grade going south. And uh, it just goes for miles like this, weaving super steep. And it's, they had to make it four lane road. I'm sure of it because so many semis are losing control on this thing. So I'm like, I would have been happy driving about 45 miles per hour on this road, but there's semi trucks flying down the thing. So you have to like time it to try and slow down on straightaways to let them fly by. And so they're not passing you on corners. So I'm like frantically watching my mirrors breaking like all hell. And then we live through that and we get into the actual dropping into the basin of we Lake were starting Atitlan. at like 7,000 feet I think right now we're at 5,000 feet I looked it up at we're at 5,000 yeah. feet um, there must have been more ups and downs because we went down more than 2,000 feet that's for we're sure. at 5,000 feet the lake goes 1,182 feet deep in the place that they can measure it and it's seven and a half miles long I looked up some stats then we're on a two-lane road again, and it's really steep and really windy. And we're, so I feel like I've been hammering the brakes for like four hours at this point. And eventually, as we're getting to the bottom, there's people doing super dangerous passes because their brakes are smoking and not working. Like, we could smell brakes for a while, but it wasn't ours, that I, I don't think. Um, and then finally, my brakes started giving like... I was, I felt like I was driving the old van again, not getting response on the brakes, but just like pumping them enough to never hit anything or fly off the road. We come into a town at the bottom of that and I'm like, shit, we need to stop and let the brakes cool down. So we pull into a pretty wide intersection and just park the car right in front of a little market. I pop the hood to make sure that we have fluid and crawl around. We're not leaking or anything, but the brakes are so hot. And after 20 minutes or so, I get in from time to time and test them. They still don't feel good. And we realize that there's a little mechanic shop like 20 feet behind where we're parked. And the guy is a brake expert working on brakes, obviously Toyota trucks. 
So we got the truck in there. He checked them out. The rear discs had loosened up with all the heat and stuff, so he got them fixed for what? $10. I think he was going to charge us ten dollars. Seventy-five Quetzal. <laughs> so it's that's less than ten dollars for us. Um, we tipped him fat, fifteen buck tip. <laughs> yeah, we just double paid him. But um, while that was all going down, poor Amy's guts are all effed up. So. I'll, I like go into the store. I'm like, is there a bathroom I could pay to rent? Because uh, you say, can I puedo alquilar su baño? Puedo rentar su baño? It's like acceptable. And she's like, oh man, you're gonna have to knock house to house because none of the businesses around here have bathrooms, just the houses. So I'm like, I have to go into this Guatemalan house. But it was behind, so the house was like connected to a business, but I could see that they had um, a house. So I, it was like a 50-50. But I went up and two of the ladies were like, hell no, and the young girl's like, yes, come here. And then they were trying to make me use like the outdoor outhouse bathroom, which is like, come on inside. And so they let me use their indoor bathroom, which like just had like a little shower curtain in front of it. And um, charge me three quetzal. I was so grateful because you know, girl is just in the streets of Guatemala clenching. <laughs> Story of my life on this trip. Um, yeah, but we made it. Yeah. Then. Oh, but then after that town. So I was kind of like right before we actually pulled into the guy's garage because it was starting to get dark and that's always scary. I'm like, are we gonna just sleep on the side of this town? Um, I'm like, the brakes feel like they're getting a little bit better. But then he came out, he's like, I'm ready. And he got the car in there. And thank God, because from there, it kept going just as steep and just as windy. And there were people all over the sides of the roads. There was like an ox cart and tons of the little tuk-tuk taxi things. It was hairy. So thank goodness the brakes are fine. It cost 20 bucks. Yeah, but it was cool because like everything was candlelit. Oh yeah, then we get down into the lake basin and have to go through two little towns, but the power was out. And what was it, Friday night? Thursday night, I don't know. There were people everywhere and it's just candles here and there and super narrow old like cobblestone roads in the pitch black with like concrete aqueducts on yeah. either side like instead of sidewalks in it was terrifying yeah terrifying it was pretty terrifying but we made it into our campsite you know paradise town half hour after dark or something and i honestly think we stayed here longer because just the thought of driving back out into that wild Guatemala, we're like, let's just stay one more day, <laughs> record the podcast. But it's been lovely in Atiquan. Yeah. Before we came to Atiquan, we were in Chiapas. I mean, we could go backwards. So Jamie found on iOverlander the app we love. It's kind of like back in you know the early 2000s when you're doing on a shoestring lonely planet and you'd end up at the same hostels as everyone else. This iOverlander app, we're ending up meeting different people at or running in sometimes because we're all using this iOverlander app that shows you campsites that you can go to with your truck. It's so they did all the work for us. We're so grateful for our forefathers. Um, but we went to this amazing another off the beaten path, maybe only for Mexican tourism. 
uh, Lagos de Cologne in yeah. Cristobal, Cristobal Cologne, yeah. right? Yeah, there's a little town, tiny town called Cristobal Cologne that's all situated on and around this series of little lagoons with a river that runs through them. And it's similar to a few other places higher up in the mountains and north in Chiapas that are really popular. Um, so this is kind of like a B-grade version or something, but it was perfect for us because we were, we were ready to move along and get close to the border and it was so gorgeous. And we had the whole town, just locals and Amy and I. Um, the whole campground we were in right on the river was just us. It was amazing. Yeah, we came so close to getting to the Mayan ruins. We like twice now we've tried to get to ruins for our family because everyone keeps asking, are you going to the ruins? And so we were like, yes, we're gonna check this off the list. And it is, we get, we were like hiking through like the most pristine turquoise lagoons and waterfalls. And it's just like such a trip to imagine Mayan times. And then we get, and we see a sign that says it closes at five. We're like, ha, ha, ha. And then you turn over to, there's this like legitimate setup. It looks like Jurassic Park over there entrance and everything's yeah. gated and locked up. And so we missed it. We missed the Mayan ruins yet again. We yeah. were so close yet so far. Um, another groovy campsite there, right on the water. Yeah, beautiful, amazing campsite with crystal clear, aquamarine water, the waterfall spilling right down to where we were parked in this nice Bermuda grass. Yeah, and they had built this like cement alberca pool and it was river fed. So they just used gravity and had up above the cascada these tubes and it would just flow water down the tube and into the pool and the pool would fill and then it would run off like infinity pool into a secondary pool and that pool would run off right back into the river. It was so cool. It was actually, we we're like, haha, why would you need this? But every time I jumped in the water, fish would bite me, would just nibble at me and they'd all come and like, it was just it was kind of freaky. So I actually jumped to that pool a lot more than I expected to because I was a little freaked out by the fish. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't like piranhas eating you, but then I was like, maybe there are piranhas. <laughs> yeah, what do we know? So funny how yeah. you can be the most beautiful place and then something bites you and everything feels different, right? Yeah, it's so funny to be creeped out by this beautiful river, but yeah. we were both feeling it. I never, I, I definitely spent some time in there but I wasn't just relaxed, like yeah. stroking around. Yeah. <laughs> I did snorkel in there and there were so many fish. It was funny. We're afraid of freshwater fish, but we'll surf and freaking yeah, on your Nuevo. If they were biting you all the time, that would be different, <laughs> That's you know? True. Uh, and before that, we were in... Chris, San Cristobal de las Casas. San Cristobal de las Casas, a beautiful... Chiapas, like, uh, baby. Chiapas mountain town. Um, super touristy as well, but not like a... That was over 7,000 feet Oaxaca. in the mountains. Yeah, it was Cold. way up there. Beautiful place, very wonderful people. Yeah. Walking around town, hard to walk around because oh, the sidewalks the were really rough. We and, did two uh, tours. We did a tour on a train, a car thing. Car. 
yeah. It was like a car dressed up like a train. Yeah. But it was like two hours long or something. That was one hour. Oh, that was one hour. And we tasted their local drinks. It was great, though, to like get a little lay of the land on our first Yeah, that's how they have like 20 churches. And, and in that, and somewhere in our, and then we did a walking tour. Mm-hmm. And both were awesome. And the walking tour took us through like the indigenous market where everyone's speaking their mind language and um, prices are a little bit more affordable. And that's also there's like drunks fighting in the courtyard because they're, um, what is it called, Jamie? The Zapatistas. The Zapatistas, but they're uh, autonomous. Autonomous. Yeah, um, there's certain areas in Chiapas, whole towns and areas of other towns where there's no federal oversight. The police aren't allowed to come. Oh, are you just making sure we're still filming? Yeah, we're, we've been going for a while. I guess we could stop or you want to keep going? I think we should keep going and yeah, then yeah. see what we- we're getting close. We could cut it up. So, Zapatista movement, yeah, it's, it's, they're all about just peace and art. That's what we kept learning, peace and art. And we did have some Zapatistas like stop us after the police stopped us, then the Zapatistas stopped us and they like looked at our passport and they're the only ones who actually like opened up our car and looked in it. The police didn't even do that. Amy asked Customs them, what are you looking for? It. And they said, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they, they're just like plain clothes yeah. teenagers and shit. Yeah. And I, I think they're just making sure we're legit, you know, coming through their land. And uh, but we were kind of freaked out because they did have that classic like ski mask thing on and we're just like oh god here it goes what is this but it's all about peace and art and autonomy and um looking out for each other and community and and in uh in Cristobal de la Casa San Cristobal you could eat bread like they're just about coffee and bread and cacao and coca-cola Number one, Coca-Cola. Yeah, the people of Chiapas drink more Coca-Cola per capita than anyone else in the world. There's a major uh, manufacturing plant there in Cristobal de Colón, and they have water rights to 300,000 gallons a day. And sometimes the whole community will run out of tap water, but the Coca-Cola plant never does because they have priority to it. Yeah. And when they first